Hey, 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 what's up? It's your girl T and I am super excited to be here with you on this Monday. So if you've been following the podcast, you already know that we are celebrating Black History Month by honoring successful black women in business. Trust me, this is something you don't want to miss out on because each and every episode, all of the different guests that we've gathered together here are sharing different nuggets, different tips, different strategies that'll help you to lay the right foundation to be able to turn your lifestyle and business goals into reality. I'm telling you, if it wasn't gold, I wouldn't be sharing it with you. Okay. So without further ado, this is season two, episode six. Let's go. Hey, what's up? It's your girl T forever. And you are now tuned into the how to turn your goals into reality podcast. I help purpose-driven goal-getters, leaders, and big dreamers who struggle with self-discipline and procrastination to take action on their big, crazy business and lifestyle goals, all so that you can live 100% in control of your life. So you know what I mean, right? Imagine a life where you have 100% control of your time, your income, your relationships, your environment, all that good stuff, right? So this is the place where you come to learn practical strategies that'll help you to turn your goals into reality in 90 days or less. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, what's up? It's your girl T forever. And you are now tuned into another episode of how to turn your goals into reality. And we are here with my girl, Megan. So before she jumps on and, and like answers all of your questions and, and gives you the rundown on like goals and goal achievement and all that kind of stuff, I just want to quickly summarize all of the things that she's been able to do. Okay. So she is a incredible freelance writer and she's been able to transition her freelance opportunities into full-time income. And I know you guys are going to have a ton of questions about that. So don't worry. I got you. We're going to ask her. (laughs) (laughs) She is incredible. She talks about goal achievement, goal setting, being organized with your time, like having structure in your life. And she's really going to walk us through what that looks like for her and help you to execute on your goals in your life. So if you are are ready to to take action on your goals and to really implement the dreams that are on your heart, then you need to listen to this entire episode. All right. This is my girl, Megan, and she's going to jump in and tell us exactly what she does. So girl, how are you feeling? First of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) I'm so glad to be here, T. Thank you for inviting me to share this platform with your amazing listeners and Just kind of let them know what I'm all about and what I've learned over the years, because I think it will really be helpful and enlightening for a lot of people. So thank you. Thank you for having me here. Anytime. You're always welcome. I know that you live what you preach, you know, like Mm -hmm. I I, I follow you on Instagram and you guys are going to get that information after, but I follow her and I know that she's the real deal. Like there's no, you know how you follow some people and you hear them talk about like, oh yeah, I have this goal and oh, look at what I did. And Oh, I was able to, you know, generate 10K in, you know, a month or I was able to grow my business by X amount or whatever. And you just have that feeling like, girl, you ain't telling the truth, you know, like show me your numbers, you know, but like with Megan, I really do believe her. Like, I know that it's the truth. I know that it's genuine. I know, I know where it's coming from. You know what I'm saying? She's not trying to stunt on people and show people like, oh, look at what I'm doing. But she's really saying, 
hey, join me on my journey. Look at what's possible. Look at what we can do. You know, look at the opportunities that are available to us. And so that's why I had to get her on the podcast because I knew that her message is what we need now, you know? Yeah, that's exactly what the podcast is about. Like it actually started out as just a website. And so I had this online platform and my idea was that I wanted to help multi-passionate millennials become more productive and tap into their creativity so that they can make more money, basically, so that they can figure out how to monetize the things that they're interested in and that they're passionate about. And I decided to do this not only through the website, but through the podcast. So that I could talk to like millennials who are out there actually doing it, actually living the things that I'm talking about. And that looks very different for a lot of people. Like for some people, they are creative entrepreneurs. For some, they have a traditional nine to five and they have a side hustle on the side. For some, they just want to have a hobby that they're interested in. Like it's not that they want to leave their job. Maybe they just want to do something that fulfills their passion, you know, on the side and not even for money. So I decided to create that podcast where all of those stories and all of those experiences could live so that they could inspire the people who wanted to aspire to do those things Mm -hmm. Um, and also provide actionable steps to get there. And I just I, I do it because I genuinely feel that no millennial, I mean, no one really, but I'm a millennial and that's that's who I cater to. No millennial, no multi passionate Mm -hmm. millennial should have to cut off parts of themselves to fit themselves into some box that somebody right. else created. Right. Like, I don't think that that's okay, but I do believe that that's what society kind of pushes people to do and kind of leads them to do. So 100%. the Lazy Millennial Lounge is all about embracing your multi-passionate nature, not running away from it, not thinking that it's not okay. Cause I spent so many years like feeling like I was the oddball out because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I had just one true passion, you know? Right. And it wasn't until I listened to this TED Talk by Emily Wapnick where she was talking about other people who feel like they don't have just one true calling. And that literally opened up a whole world for me. And so I just wanted to continue to expand that world for other people out there. Yeah, yeah, I hear you on that. Because it's so true when people have multiple things that they're interested in, everyone, like the whole world is telling you, find one interest and pursue that. Give that everything you've got. Yeah, yeah. So how did you, how did you decide? How did you know like what to prioritize, which interest to prioritize, which idea to prioritize, which project to prioritize in order to actually get results from all of your ideas? I mean, you asked that and I'm sitting here wondering, have I decided? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know that I have decided. I guess on a short term level, I have decided, like I have decided to stick with one thing for, for right now. But before all this freelance writing that you mentioned, before any of this was happening, I was a pharmacist. Like I graduated from pharmacy school in 2015. Wow. And when I went to pharmacy school, I knew that I didn't want to practice in the traditional sense. Like I didn't want to be in a community pharmacy, like dispensing your drugs. I didn't want to be in the hospital dispensing your drugs. I wanted to impact public health in some way because I was Mm. passionate about public health. But my mom was like, well, I don't know what public health is. And if you go to pharmacy school, you'll be a doctor when you come out. So you need to go to pharmacy school. So that's Mm. ultimately why I went to pharmacy school. But I went in knowing that I wanted, I just wanted to learn as much as I could about drugs and figure out how to apply that to public health. There was no like path to get there. There was nothing set in stone that I could just follow. So I had to figure that out myself. And that led to me jumping around a lot of different areas in healthcare to make sure that I was preparing myself for that public health space. But even after then, you know, I was writing 
I started a blog. I probably had seven or eight different jobs in like a five to six year period. Like the longest job I've ever had in my life was a year and nine months. That's the longest period. Wow, that's crazy. I know, (laughs) but it worked (laughs) for me because it got me exactly where I needed to be. And all those experiences helped me to realize, I I saw what all of those experiences had in common. And Mm. that was writing. Okay. I've been writing since I was an undergrad and I really enjoyed it. And I found a way to do it in every career or every experience that I had. So I figured, hey, I'll start this blog. You know, I was in a position at the time where I didn't really love my manager. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't super happy at work. And I said, I'll start this blog because it's something that interests me. It's something that makes me happy. So I started a blog called Your Friendly Public Health Pharmacist. It was purely just for my friends and family, but some kind of way, like some health company caught on to it and was like, hey, we'll pay you to write our blogs for our company. And I was like, you will pay me for this? Something (laughs) that I'm doing just because I want to? Sure, of course I will. And then from that point, I realized that if they're willing to pay me to do this, I'm sure there's other health companies out here that are willing to write for them. And so that's how the freelance writing started. And eventually, like my eyes became open to the online entrepreneurship world. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I could really make a career out of it. I had to eventually focus in that time period because like we were talking about earlier, I have two kids. I had one at the time. But like, you know, you can't be out here playing games with money when you have kids. Like, Trust me. me. (laughs) You can be multi-passionate all you want, but you have to focus enough to like make it, make that money come in, you know? So that was a big motivator for me to to, like focus on something for at least some type of period of time. I hear you. I hear you. So what are you doing now? Are you still doing the freelance writing or like what is your full-time source of income now? Yeah. So I am, I own a healthcare copywriting consultancy. It's called Stock Rose Creative. And I do digital marketing for private practice healthcare providers and for just general health companies. So that usually looks like blog posts, content marketing, email campaigns, website copy. I do all of that for the health companies. Earlier on, I guess I referred to myself as a freelance writer because I was just, I wasn't treating it like a business, right? Like for me, it wasn't a business. It didn't start out that way. I didn't intend for it to be like, it happened this way completely by accident. But now I, I refer to myself as a business owner because my mindset is different than it was when I was just a freelance writer. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, Um, So yeah, that's my full-time income. The podcast people always assume is like what I quit my job to do. When I quit my job, my full-time job, Back in 2018, people would be like, oh, how's the podcast going? Like, I didn't quit my job to to monetize this podcast. Like, I do this because it's something I'm passionate about and I'm interested in. It's just a passion project. But the stock rose is my full-time source of income. Yeah, that's bomb. That's like exciting. When you, when you talk about pharmacy and like studying drugs, I'm like, yo, this girl's smart. Like, Because <laughs> that stuff, for me, I'm not into like science and like, chemicals and all that stuff mm-hmm. what yeah, got you interested it. in that I actually I wanted to be I thought I wanted to be a doctor growing up okay like from the time I could remember and some of my friends we always joke like if you're a little black girl a smart black girl and you say you want to be a doctor nobody's going to question that nobody's yeah. going to ask you are you sure you really want to be a doctor they're going to be like all right girl go ahead you can do it motivating mm-hmm. you pushing you encouraging you And so that was my situation. And it wasn't until I was a freshman in college that I actually thought to myself, 
do I really want the like not do I want mm. to help people but do I want the lifestyle of a doctor do is that what I want my life to look like yeah and it was a no like I couldn't be sure that I did so that like motivated me to start looking into other careers in healthcare and other ways that I could still be in the health field without having to make that lifestyle commitment of being yeah. a medical doctor because I really wasn't about that life and yeah, every day yeah. I'm so grateful <laughs> that I decided to like go against my mother's wishes and <laughs> everybody else's expectations and be like, nah, I'm, I'm going to figure this out some other kind of way. Yeah. Um, so that's what kind of pushed me to pharmacy. And I became interested in public health and things like that. And I'm really glad with the path that it ended up taking out. Yeah, I hear you. So you mentioned that you have a big dream of changing or influencing the whole drug or pharmaceutical culture or industry as a whole mm-hmm. how or what what is that dream what is that the thing that you want to do or see happen in that industry so my dream is to to use my knowledge of drugs and medications to influence to positively influence public health and the way that I am doing that right now, which is kind of the vision that I see for Stockrose, is like when you go online, you have a cold, right? Say you were pregnant, you know, you're a mom, say you're pregnant, you have a cold and you're wondering, mm-hmm. man, like what, what can I take for this cold? But I'm pregnant. Like I want to make sure it doesn't harm my baby. So where do you go? Where's the first place you're going to go? Google. Exactly. Everybody's going to go to Google. Google is a mom's best friend. I don't know oh, how yeah. people did this mom stuff without the internet. <laughs> like, I don't understand how that's possible. Trust me. So you go to Google and you type it in, you type in your question and you get information back, right? Yep. Some of that information, like if it comes from a fun blog, like who's, who has mommy blogs, the bump or what to expect. Like oh, yeah. it might be written in a way that's pretty down to earth. And you can understand it pretty easily. If you go to like CDC website, or maybe some other like government agency website is going to be much drier. It's going to oh, be yeah. like, you got the information, but it's hard to understand because exactly. it's not written in a way that's relatable. It's exactly. not engaging. You just don't want to read that, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So my goal with the health companies that I work for is to move healthcare forward by leaving the boring behind. Like mm. I don't want there to continue to be dry, intimidating, boring health information out there because it's not benefiting anyone. Like we can't talk to our patients or the general public the same way we talk to our colleagues. Like right. nobody is receiving that. So that's really my, my ultimate goal with Stock Rose is to change the way that we create and consume health information to a way that's more accessible by people. It's more engaging. It's more entertaining. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's true because, well, every time I've been pregnant, I've gotten sick. Like with mm-hmm. like either I'm sneezing, coughing, whatever, not feeling well. And I always go on these websites and I, I can't find anything that I actually understand. So I end up doing nothing about it and suffering <laughs> in my pain, knowing that yeah. there's definitely a solution out there, you know, but I just or don't like understand. You, the- you know how, how the, um, the mom forums, like, uh, oh, yeah. the baby center or yeah, what to yeah. expect for them. So people, instead of like, just being like, well, I won't take nothing. People will go there and be like, what do, y- what do y'all think I should do? <laughs> yeah. Asking people that have no type of medical like experience, it's not that their opinions aren't valuable, but it's that their opinions, like exactly. these are not healthcare professionals who you need to be taking medical advice right, from. But right. that's what happens when you don't have approachable health information. People just turn to their friends and their colleagues and each other. Yeah. 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 It's dangerous. It, it really is dangerous. It can mm-hmm. create a mess. So I definitely hear you. And it's awesome that you're doing that because we need more 
blogs with healthcare information that we can understand. You know, you mentioned that when you were in school, you had to try to figure out how to navigate through creating what it is that you envisioned for yourself. What are some lessons that you learned from that process? I've always been super anti-networking. Mm. Um, and I think it's because I'm an introvert. Like, I don't know. Are you an introvert or extrovert? No, You're probably extrovert. An extrovert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need to ask you that. I already know. So I'm an introvert. And so I hate, it's not that I hate networking. I enjoy the result of it. Like I enjoy the connection that I make with people, but I don't like the small talk that's necessary to be up to. (laughs) I hate that part. Oh my God. So I've always, even from a young child, like I hated being in situations where I felt like I had to schmooze with people or have like meaningless small talk in order to get something from them. But when I was trying to forge my path through like public health pharmacy, I had to network like it was mandatory to get the like the postgraduate fellowship I did in the pharmaceutical industry. The competition for those fellowships is like unreal. And so you have to network because people have to know your face. They have to vouch for you behind closed doors. And it was just something I had to suck it up and do it. So like but in doing that, I realized like, oh, this this really does work. Like networking is legit. I know I hated it and people kept talking about it, but it's really legit. That's one of the biggest lessons I learned. The other lesson I learned was like to be confident in my idea and my decision. Mm. There were plenty of people who told me, Megan, you are in pharmacy school. Like if you want to be a retail pharmacist or hospital pharmacist, the general next step is to do a residency, kind of like a doctor's residency. Mm -hmm. They're like, if you're if you want to have a job in the future, you have to do a residency. I know you don't want to practice community pharmacy. I know you don't want to be in a hospital, but you have to do a residency if you want to be successful. And I was like, nah, I I don't (laughs) have to do that. I don't I'm not gonna say I know my plan, but I know my plan does not include a residency. Another one (laughs) to two years of hell. Like I'm tired of being in school. I don't want to be a community pharmacist or a hospital pharmacist. So I'm going to be beyond miserable in a residency because I know that this is not what I want to do. Right. People kept trying to get me to go that route. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. I have a plan. I will figure it out. Mm. And in retrospect, in hindsight, I'm glad that I stuck with my guns because Mm. I knew that I could get to where I needed to be or where I wanted to be without doing what people were telling me to do. Yeah. So the lesson from that is like, and I try to to do this myself is I will listen to advice that people give, but that doesn't mean I'm going to take that advice. I'm going to take what I deem relevant and apply that to my situation. And I'm going to move forward with that. Just because people are like telling you you have to do something doesn't mean you have to do it. You know yourself better than anyone. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So how did you navigate through the self-doubt and being unsure of your next step? Like, even with hearing people's advice and knowing what's best for you and, and what you don't want your life to look like, how did you muster up the courage to really follow what you knew was right for you? It was tough. Cause like you said, that self-doubt is real. Like you can say, you know what you're doing all day, but you really, if you don't, <laughs> there's always that voice in the back of your head. Like, what if you don't do yeah. what you said? Then all these people who told you to do this other thing are going to be like, I told you, you know, <laughs> So for me, though, that was more motivation. It motivated me to like really go hard and get the things that I needed to get to get where I wanted to be, if that makes sense. So like I needed to get that fellowship position in order to get the experience that I needed to be in public health. 
I needed to get certain fellowships over the summer in order to to make that happen. So it just motivated me to like put my all into what I thought my plan needed to be. Because you can't like, if people are telling you something to do and they're like, no, I'm going to do this other thing because I have a plan. You can't then half-ass the plan. You have to like go hard on it and do what you need to do so you can reach that. Otherwise, you're just like kind of sabotaging yourself because Mm -hmm. you know what needs to be done to get to that point. But if you're not going to do it for real, like do it full out, then you know you're not going to get there. And if you're intentionally not listening to what these other people are telling you to do, then (laughs) (laughs) what's the point? You know, it's like you might as well have done that if you weren't going to go hard on your own dream. Exactly. Exactly. It's so true. So how did you develop that work ethic to actually follow through on what you knew you had to do for yourself? Because it's easy to say, this is my plan. This is what I want to do. This is what I see for my life. But then it's the execution where people fall short. That's where Mm -hmm. like dreams die. Nobody wants to execute, you know? And this is exactly why I can never be like a mindset coach or a dream. You know, (laughs) I I can't do that because it's not my forte because I don't know how to motivate. You know, I don't know how to make somebody do what they say they're going to do. It's it's, I'm fortunate that like I've always been a very self-sufficient person in Mm. that. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. and You don't have to check up on me. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in elementary school, nobody ever had to check my homework or make sure I did what I needed to do. Like, so when my kids get that age, I'm like, I don't know how to make them like, you know, <laughs> do their homework because nobody ever had to make me do that. So I truly, I don't know how to answer that question. I guess I have in my head, I have such a strong desire to make mm-hmm. my goals happen mm-hmm. that I just employ the discipline that I need to, to get there. Like for me, it's not really about motivation in the way that we tend to think about it there's plenty of days that I wake up and I'm not motivated like I don't feel like doing I might not feel like writing this post for this client right Right. but I'm going to do it because I have to (laughs) like I'm going to do it because if I don't I'm not going to I'm not going to get the money for this blog post that I said I was going to write for them Um, So for me, it's about discipline. It's about like sometimes not giving myself the option to sit on my ass and not do nothing. Quite honestly, like you said you were going to do this. So you have to do it. If you don't do it, these are the consequences. So maybe that's something that I look at. What are the consequences of not doing this particular action? What are the benefits of doing it? Mm -hmm. Do I want to see those benefits or do I want to experience those consequences? (laughs) Because you're going to get one. Because you're going to get one or the other. There's no (laughs) middle ground. (laughs) <laughs> I want to experience the benefits. So I'm going to do X, Y, Z because the alternative is just, I'm, I don't want, I don't want to be in that box. I don't want to yeah. be in that situation. So maybe, I mean, I guess that's a very granular way of looking at it. And I guess that's what's going on in my head on a daily or like on a minute to minute basis. Yeah. So it just like feels natural to me, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, how do you motivate people to like, how do you motivate your kids to do stuff that they don't want to do? I mean, girl, you answered the question though. <laughs> that answer was fire. I talk about that often about the fact that when you want something in your life and you choose not to go after it, you're actually settling for the consequence mm-hmm. and life will put you to work. Like you think your life is going to be, you know, what it is forever. Like you're just going to have this cozy job and you're just going to, you know, stay where you are forever. But the truth is life changes and unexpected things happen. And you can't just rely on the security that you have now. You have to go out and create what you want, even though it feels Mm -hmm. risky, even though it feels like, 
you know, it's uncomfortable and it's uncharted territory and you don't know what you're doing and yada, 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 like all of this doubt and stuff comes up, you still got to just go for it because you staying where you are is committing to a life of complacency and settling for less than you can create and have in your life. And it's just, you don't need to do that. You, you were born for so much more. You mm-hmm. have so much potential in you. So why not just go and give it a try and see what happens? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when you said, when you made that comment about, you know, you are making a choice by not doing anything. It reminds me of a conversation that I know we, ha- we have it in the States a lot about voting. Right. Mm -hmm. Like so people who don't vote like, oh, I'm not voting because I don't none of the candidates resonate with me. Like I don't support any of them. So I'm just not going to vote or, you know, I don't like this person. So I'm not going to vote at all. But Mm -hmm. it's like you're not voting at all. It's it's a vote. That is a vote because that Mm -hmm. means that you have left this gaping hole for everybody else to set their opinions without setting yours. So you are making a decision. You are making a choice by choosing not to say anything like Mm -hmm. your silence speaks volumes in that situation. So your inactivity or your like lack of moving towards your goal, Mm -hmm. that's saying, well, I don't really want it. Right. Right. And I guess if you're in a situation where you continue to feel that you aren't really executing, like you have this idea in your head, but you're not moving towards it, maybe what you really should look at is do you actually want what you say you want? Come on. Because Mm. what are you doing to get there? Mm. What are you doing to make continuous forward motion towards that goal? Yeah. Maybe if you're not doing anything to get to it, you don't actually want it after all. Mm. Mm, that's so good. So, so, so good. Man. Food for thought. Food for thought. <laughs> Honestly, y'all can just pause the podcast right there and just think about that. Okay. <laughs> that, that right there. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, girl, you have goals and dreams that you say you want, you know, like, like I'm just examining my heart. Like, okay. You have these dreams, but what are you doing to actually make it happen? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And as a mom, how do you how do you make time to make sure that you actually execute and get it done? Because that's one of the biggest things for me. I, I do 90% of the time when I say I'm going to go for something, it's done. Like as soon mm-hmm. as I say it, it's just consider it done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there are some times where it's like, I do want to do this thing, but I have three kids under four. Yeah. My oldest turned four in October last year. And like, bless your heart, bless your heart. (laughs) You Mm. know? So I'm like, but shout out to the lever, baby. I love you. For you, how do you find time to execute on the goals? Even with your crazy busy life, you got, you know, Mm -hmm. multiple clients, you got kids, you got a husband, you got a life outside of all of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's real. (laughs) And that um, that's tough. It's so hard. It's hard. And let me put this out there now. All of this stuff I'm saying, these are conversations that I have with myself on a daily basis. Like, I do not want you to walk away from this conversation like, man, she's got it all figured out. She ain't got no problems. Like, no, I say these things to myself every day. That's why I feel so confident saying them to y'all. Like, I these this is something that I'm living. In terms of like figuring it all out time wise. We all have 24 hours in a day, right? Mm. And what you do with that 24 hours is up to you. Like (laughs) nobody, yes, some people have maybe more limits and restrictions on their time than others. And I think that's the, if you're an involved parent, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's going to definitely place limits on your time, which makes the free time that you do have even more valuable and even more. It's true. 
So I think for me, like we kind of talked about this earlier, I have like hardcore time management strategies that I use to make sure that when my kids are in school, yeah, because even my baby, she's in daycare. My four month old is in daycare. Nice. When my kids are in school, I am maximizing that time because mm-hmm. I know that when they get home, that's it. Like, yeah, yeah. it's all about them. And yeah. then luckily I have really good sleepers. So I do have a couple of hours at night that I can do some work too. But during that, during that free time that I have, right? So on Sundays, every Sunday night, I make a to-do list for every day of the week. So mm-hmm. like by the end of Sunday night, I know everything I need to get done on every day of the week. Come and on. then the morning of every day, I go through that day's to-do list and I time block it. So I will say like my, I'll look at my to-do list for today. It was probably like 7.30 to 8, I'm going to eat. 8 to 8.15, I'm going to check emails. 8.15 to 8.30, I'm going to pump. While I'm pumping, Mm -hmm. I'm going to edit this blog post. Like my Mm -hmm. whole day is time blocked like that. So I make sure that everything I wrote on my to-do list has a place in the day to get done. Like, I think one problem people have with making to-do lists is like they make these lists, but then they don't set aside any time to get that. (laughs) And they just turn around at the end of the day and see like, hmm, what did I get done? Well, what did you make time to get done? Like, I have to be very intentional about that time because like I said, I don't have a lot of it. I got this nine to 4.45 window that I have to optimize every day. And Mm -hmm. if I don't, I'm not going to make the money that I need to make to help pay for this house and send exactly. my kids to school and, you know, pay taxes and do all this other stuff. So right. like, that's one thing that I try to do a lot on my podcast is share the time management strategies that I either use currently or have used in the past that have helped me in different seasons of life. Like what I do now is not necessarily the same as what I did when I had a full-time job. Like mm. I managed my time a little bit differently when I had a full-time job because I had other responsibilities during the day. Right. So for me, if you have those limitations on your time, don't look at it as like a negative thing and don't compare yourself to other people who might mm. not have those same limitations because you don't Come know on. what limitations they do have. Come like on. that's something that I have to do on a daily basis. I'll be looking at my single friends with no mm-hmm. kids like, man. Yep. You just got all the time in the yep. world. Yep. Girl, me too. Me too. I see my friends and I'm like, you guys, you're single. You ain't got no kids. You <laughs> right. can go like build an empire right now. What okay. are you doing? You know, right. I hear you. But you don't know that until you like three kids in and then it's like, exactly. man, I had all that time. What was that? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so yeah, don't compare yourself to other people who look like they don't have, you know, those same limitations because you don't know what limitations they do have. Right. Focus on the time that is available to you and maximize the heck out of that time. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Something that I do when it comes to like my my weekly blogs and podcasts and all that stuff, because I know that my week is going to be like crammed with like family stuff. And then like I have rehearsal and just, you know, other stuff going on. I Mm -hmm. always try to batch create all of this stuff at the beginning of my quarters because I divide my year into four quarters. Mm-hmm. And then each quarter, I try to do all of my recording, get it all like mastered, cleaned up, all that stuff and ready to go. Then I have a VA. I recently hired her because I realized I can't be doing all of this stuff. Like, oh my God, like, we got to talk because I need a VA and I'm so oh, girl, scared. Yes. I got to, you. We have to talk about that. Yes. Yes. So I hired her back in 
I think it was October. And so now what I do is I take all of the, the weekly content, all of my like day-to-day emails and all that kind of stuff. I give it to her, let her manage all of that. And now I only mm-hmm. focus on like my 5% activities. What can I do today that's going to move my business forward and actually like generate money, you know, yes. instead of hitting post on an Instagram post or like, you know what I mean? All these, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Like I just focus on who can I talk to today that's going to, you know, enroll in my course or who can I talk to today that, you know, I can, that can connect me to the next person that needs help or like whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a, um, there's a podcast that I listen to and the name is like, it's beyond me right now, but she <laughs> talks about outsourcing all the time. Uh-huh. And like outsourcing is my theme for the year. Like I'm uh-huh. trying to give away all of these unnecessary tasks oh, yeah. that like need to be done, but I don't have to be the one to do them. Exactly. I'm trying to unload all of that this year. And yeah. hiring a VA is definitely like number one and number two on my list. I'm really mm-hmm. excited to do that. And there was something else you mentioned towards the beginning of your statement. I don't know. If it comes back up, I'll say it. But Batch yeah. working? Batch creating? Yes, batch creating. I started doing that when I was pregnant this last time. Nice. Because like, so I was due September, end of September-ish. And yeah. I was like, I want to make sure that I don't have to do any recording, any editing, oh, any I know. emailing yeah. about this podcast for the rest yeah. of the year. Like, <laughs> I need to be done with this. So I literally batched a whole half of a year's content. In Amazing. Like, it feels great, right? When you have it, it all was done? the best. So I, I have taken that approach forward into this year and I'm doing like batch content creation. But I love that you're doing everything, like not just you know, your podcast stuff, but even your social media and blog posts yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. Like I aspire to to get to that level one day too. Yeah. Oh girl, it's, it's a challenge though, because honestly, sometimes I'm not feeling inspired to write all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what kind of caption am I going to put on this picture? And like, I'm not really feeling it. And then, you know, and then when it gets posted, I'm like, was that really the right thing? But you just got to let it all go and like, yeah. let it be what it is. You know what I mean? That's how I felt when I was doing the podcast. Cause like that, I publish an episode, I publish an interview episode every other week and a solo episode every other week on alternating weeks. So it was a lot of content to do at once for a half of a year. And there were days when I was like, bruh, I'm so excited to talk to this person, but I just don't feel like it. I'm tired. And I said, I'm an introvert. So like, I am exhausted. I am drained. Okay. After this, you're going to take a nap. (laughs) A nap. I don't want to talk to anybody. But it was, it was, so it was tough in the moment. And then it was refreshing when it was just already done. But then, like you said, listening back to it, it was like such a blur. I'm like, I don't even remember having this conversation. I'm glad it's a good conversation, but I definitely don't remember it because like there was just so much going on at the time. Or like you said, there's stuff that comes out and it's like, what was I thinking when I decided to (laughs) do that? I know. know. But hey, it's done. And done is better than perfect, right? Exactly. So like, at least it's out there. Right. Right. It's so true. And you learn every time you do it. Cause now I'm much better than when I first started. Like mm-hmm. I, I can get in the zone a lot faster. I'm not really waiting for a feeling. I just know what I have to say. You know what I mean? Right. So right. yeah, it gets, it gets easier with time for sure. But what would you say to, to a multi-passionate person who is struggling to prioritize between all of their different goals and, and dreams? Like what can they do? Where can they start? to begin to turn their ideas into results instead of just having all of these ideas and then never actually executing on any of them. 
That's a good question. Um, Cause I think that is one of the multi-passionate person's biggest struggles is like being able to focus when they need to. Yeah. Um, I would say, think about whichever one you're going to be able to commit to the, like to go hard with the most. Cause there's sometimes we have an idea and it's like, that's a good idea, but are you really the person that's cut out to do that? Like just right. because I can draw doesn't mean I'm the best draw. I'm I'm not the best drawer out there. Right. You know, I'm not the best right. artist out there. I can paint, but I'm not the best painter out there. Right. I could start a drawing business. I could start a painting side hustle. But where is my energy going to be? Where is it going to take me the farthest? Yeah. Writing. That's that's going to take me a little bit farther than than painting or than drawing will, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what I chose to do at that time. But, you know, I could have chosen art and I could have moved forward with that. And if Mm -hmm. I was consistent, I probably could have gotten somewhere. Maybe not as far as writing, but I could have gotten somewhere. So I will say, pick whatever you think that you can do the best and that you can commit to the most and give yourself a defined amount of time to be Mm -hmm. consistent with it. Mm -hmm. Like, don't kid yourself in your mind to be like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Because if you are a truly multi-passionate person, like you literally don't operate that way. Like yeah, you, yeah. I admire people who can like go be a doctor, go be a pharmacist, go be a lawyer, go be yeah. an engineer, go be a school teacher. And that's it. And they're happy with that for the rest yeah, of their life. Yeah. I literally don't understand how that works in your brain. Though. <laughs> like, I cannot conceive that. I cannot imagine myself doing anything for the rest of my life and being happy. I just can't. So don't kid yourself into thinking that this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Give yourself a defined amount of time, though, to be consistent with it, to be disciplined with it, and to practice that follow through and see where it gets you. Like challenge yourself. Mm. Say, you know, this is where I would like to be in six months. Let me see if I can. Let me see how far towards this goal I can get. Yeah. And maybe have like one little thing on the side that you can do when you need to take your mind away from it. Yeah. Again, this is not about like cutting off parts of yourself to fit into a box, but there are times when you have to focus in order to get somewhere. So yeah. instead of trying to focus on like five, five big ideas at one time, choose one, choose a defined amount of time to go towards it and maybe have like one little thing on the side that you can play around with. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, this this podcast is that little thing on the side that I can play around with. Mm-hmm. I have my writing business. That's my focus full time. But I also have time that I can step away from it and do this. Yeah. So yeah. that's worked for me. I don't know if it's necessarily going <laughs> to work for, you know, other people, but I think it's worth a try because it is hard to figure out how to like move forward when you're so obsessed with like what's going on all around you right now. Right, 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 right. So you've talked about the podcast quite a bit and I do love the podcast. I listen. I love your message. I love everything about you. Honestly, I feel like we're sisters from another, another mister or something because Mm -hmm. we're so similar, (laughs) like for real, we're so similar the way that we think, the way that we like manage our time and stuff. I just love everything that you do. So where can, can we go to find you online? Yes. So I guess my home base online where you can find all of my information is on Instagram. If you look for me, I'm Lazy Millennial. That's lazy with an I. A millennial has two L's and two N's. I'm Lazy Millennial Podcast on Instagram. And in my bio, there are links to the podcast, the website, blog posts, different things like that. And if you have an app on your phone that you already use to listen to podcasts, if you just type in Lazy Millennial, you can also find it there. 
Awesome. And we'll hook all of that up in the show notes. So if you want to follow her, support her podcast, just go to the link in the show notes and you'll be able to find her on Instagram. You got to tell us a little bit more about the podcast, though. What kind of topics do you guys talk about? Like, what what is the yeah. podcast? So the podcast is for multi-passionate millennials who want to build a creative, profitable life that they absolutely love. Not tolerate, not like a little bit, but love. And uh-huh. so what I do is every other Tuesday, I interview a multi-passionate millennial who is out there living that life or taking mm. active steps towards making that happen. Yep. And they can be in loads of different industries. Like there are some who are combining music and math. There are some who are chefs. There are some who are filmmakers, but they work wow. full time in IT. Like mm. there's such a variety of guests that I talk to, but they're all millennials and they're all in the process of making their dreams a reality. Wow. I try to get inspiration from them for, for my listeners, but yeah. also just actionable advice for people who are interested in those fields. So those are the Tuesday interview episodes. And then on Sundays, I have what's called Side Note Sunday. And those are just little short 10 to 15 minute episodes about how I'm using time management in my business, how I'm executing goals, updates on my business, how I got into writing, different questions that people ask about like business itself um, that I can go into a little deeper. So those are kind of more intimate, more vulnerable episodes and I keep it real on there just like I kept it real with y'all with you and T today yeah so those are really fun for me to do too and I try to keep it short because I know everybody has a lot of things to do and we don't have time to be listening to podcasts all day um so yeah that's that's what we do over on the Lace Millennial Lounge Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for joining us. We love you here. You're always welcome back here if you have anything you want to share with us, any like products or anything that you create in the future, you are forever welcomed here. Okay. That is wonderful to know. And I'm going to have to get you over to the lounge as well. So you can <laughs> lay your expertise and your insights on the lazy millennial community as well. This was really fun. I love your platform and I love that you're helping people like make actual progress towards the goals that they set for themselves. Cause that's what life is all about. So I, I love that. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything, for the insight, for being here and for the support. We love you. Always love you guys too. All right. Talk soon. Thank you guys for joining us in this episode of how to turn your goals into reality. If you were impacted by this episode in any way, I want you to hit up Megan on Instagram and let her know how she impacted you. Like give her specifics. Like, you know, when you said this thing, it really clicked with me. And now I'm going to go and do this thing. Okay. Because you guys already know this podcast is all about taking action. So you're not just going to listen to this episode and say, Oh, wow, that was cute. You know, that I learned, I learned a few things. No, you're going to implement the things that we're talking about here. All right. So we love you. And (laughs) now it's time to stop dreaming and start doing. All right. Talk to you guys. Bye-bye.